which is, what do you think my greatest trauma was that you gave me as a child? Oh, for sure, making you surf. Yeah, I had no, I had no idea you thought you're going to be eaten by a shark in six inches of water. Yeah, because like was... in her mind, in her mind, she thought we were way out deep. We were never more than waist deep. Where I would push her in to my friend, and then we would come back out. But it, I didn't know it was so traumatizing. I thought I was being a cool dad. Yeah. Can so. you tell them when you found out too that it actually was terrifying for me? Just recently. Yeah. Yeah, just recently. I'm, 20, she, I'm 26. 26. She was like, yeah, I'm emotionally scarred by this. I was like, okay, well, we'll add that to the list of mistakes. And then probably my other one was showing you guys uh, the Lord of the Rings movies with Gollum. That yeah. was a total mistake. Yeah. Not just showing, let me be my clear. Precious. Yeah. Not just showing us the movies, then post the movie when mm. it was time for bed, hiding in dark corners of our house. Yeah, I had issues. With Young Matt the, Brown was rough. With the Gollum toy that when you press the button said my precious and so he would hide in corners yeah. or in closets or under the bed yeah. and press that. So it wasn't like he it was clearly dad's voice pretending. It was literally Gollum or Smeagol. Five years are really, really difficult. Um, nobody likes wiping butts, you know, uh, bedwetting, uh, bodies falling on the floor. Like if you got kids under five, you have no idea if someone's breaking into your house because that's every night, man. People, somebody's screaming, sounding like they're dying. So... Uh, but six till 11 is just this magical season where you're super cool. You, mm -hmm. you know, everything they, they love what you do. And so mm -hmm. really, really enjoy that till about 12, but I would say love them uniquely. That's the key. And then give yourself grace. And so, you know, what I would say is instead of worrying about, am I a good parent? Just every day, try to be good to your kids. But I, I set very, very clear boundaries and, uh, I had expectations that you guys would do your best. Um, so f with you, like, I said, okay, you have to be active because kids nowadays are not active. They're on their phones. Mm -hmm. They're watching movies. And like for you, you could read a thousand books in a row and never leave your room. So we would go on vacation in Madison. Like I would go, I'm not kidding you. In Hawaii, <laughs> I think I went to Barnes and Nobles every other day for That's 10 days three times, yeah. because she was devouring books. And the so Harry Potter books are good. Okay. Yeah. So. So we were literally going to, so Kindle hadn't been invented yet or, or we didn't buy it, but uh, literally, I mean, every, we're at the beach and I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm going back to Barnes and Noble to get her another book because she could just devour that. And so with you, I had to say, okay, you're going to be physically active. Yeah. Now she was having these allergies. You're having things mm -hmm. that are going on with your body. You didn't like that. You were very athletic when you were younger. Mm -hmm. And then with puberty, things change. So you, <laughs> I don't know if you picked mountain biking or I picked mountain biking, but mountain you biking is the, mountain okay. Biking. Mountain biking is the hardest. It is the, it is the hardest sport in, um, in high school, it's oh, it's, sure. it's just brutal. And if you don't believe me, go Google an image of a professional cyclist with their shirt off. Not a girl, a guy. <laughs> they they look like uh, they look like somebody that just escaped Auschwitz. Like it is it is it is a brutal brutal sport. And those athletes literally starve themselves because of every pound of muscle that you gain. Mm -hmm. you, you're slower. You have to carry that uphill. You're slower. Yeah. And so. Um, so you did that. And, and I remember telling you this, you know, she would cry before the start of the race because it's 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 not a team sport. It is on you. Well, it is. It's it is a team sport, right. but it is individual. It's yeah. it's so weird like that where you're individual. And do you remember team. what I would tell you? I said mountain biking is hard, but life is hard. Mm -hmm. And this is getting you ready for life. Yeah. And you would cry and hate me. And then uh, yeah. Coach, Coach Bob would come over and be the better dad. Yeah. So so I was probably. I wasn't probably, I was too harsh with that. Um, you know, but, but teach your kids to push through things, find something, uh, that they enjoy, that they want to work at, that they want to do. And, and that's a challenge today as parents. Ashley from Instagram wants to know, how do you handle situations where your adult children are not making good choices? 
Yeah, I mean, so Ashley, I think that, again, it all comes back to our listeners when they're young kids, is you, you need to get your kids buy-in and your trust. There's going to be, um, I mean, kids naturally pull away. So what happens when your kid hits puberty? Their brain is changing and they are disconnecting from you and that's intentional and that's biological because they have to go out into the world. Mm. So you have this incredible bond until puberty, whenever that hits. And sadly for many girls today and some boys, um, it's happening way sooner. I did not hit puberty till 16. I was like, okay, something's wrong with me. Um, it was awful. And then I grew uh, 10 inches my sophomore year in high school. It was terrible. You grew um, 10 inches? Yes. I went from five feet tall my freshman year in high school to my junior year to almost six feet. <laughs> it was that is pretty wild. Yeah. So I was super fast though. That's good. I ran the first leg on the hundred, the four by one. And then I was looked like Gumby. So it's just <laughs> terrible. So, um, so, so what I would say is, so Ashley, sorry for you, for everyone else listening, you got to start before because adult children are adult ch children. And here's the truth is they make choices. You know, um, you know, my, my middle daughter is always talking about where she's going to move and where they're going to go. And I'm just like, okay, those are all terrible decisions. <laughs> um, you know, but, but that's part of life is making bad decisions and learning. So we had this live episode for the debrief. I don't even know what episode it was, but they just let anybody come up and ask a question. Right. And here comes Anissa yeah. <laughs> with her question. And I'm going to summarize because I don't remember exactly because I froze absolutely froze <laughs> but you were like basically like i'm gay i'm following jesus i'm married to a woman we have kids what do we do now right that's uh, okay yeah. this is a live question and i panicked but you here's the first thing that i knew you were sincere you were shaking there's about a thousand people in that live audience and i could not believe that you came forward to ask that question and so that's how i met you mm -hmm. I think I met Cindy later at church with mm -hmm. the kids. The kids were little then. And I thought you frowned at me. I don't know if you did, if you were, were you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she didn't like you very much. Yeah. 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 Because I mean, again, what is this cult leader? Um, oh, yeah. I mean, potentially, <laughs> potentially I'm stealing and you know, I'm, I'm not trying to put words in your, in your mouth, but I'm trying to steal your wife from you, you know, your mm -hmm. partner, this is the woman that you love. How long had you guys been together at that time? That time we were, Seven years. Seven years. And you had three kids. Mm -hmm. So um, how old do you think they were then? They were, li your little ones were little. Liam was one. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. He, yeah. Now he he's one, yeah. nine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So you had three little kids. And so, and so for our listeners, so here's this, here's this issue. So we're really talking about two sins according to the Bible. So one is the, the sexual act of homosexuality. And so I like to always be very, very clear with my gay friends that, uh, being gay is just like me being straight. So like right now I'm in front of you, I'm not sinning as a straight person. Mm -hmm. And so the same thing is true for a gay person. Just because you're gay doesn't mean that you are in this perpetual state of sin. It is the act, the pursuance, um, the desire. And so I was actually listening to this rabbi the other day uh, talk about Jesus. And you know, in the, in the, when Jesus says, if you look at a woman with lust in your eyes, you've committed adultery in your heart. Mm -hmm. Well, in the Hebrew word, he was making an argument that Jesus doesn't say lust, he's saying covet. And so covet is the pursuit of something that is not yours and wanting what is mm -hmm. off limits, mm -hmm. but you're pursuing that. And so he said, it's not just the look is not just the look. It's, it's the intent of moving towards is what Jesus is talking about, which those men were guilty of. But so we have the, the sexual act of same sex sex. And for our listeners also sex outside of marriage between a man and a woman. So if I have sex with someone besides Tammy, I am, a, I'm guilty of 
uh, adultery, sexual sin. And then we had this issue of divorce. And let me just tell you, Anissa, in seminary, your question never came up. Mm. Like I was like, oh my gosh, what do we do? And I, I truly believe it was the Holy Spirit. So I, I believe the Holy Spirit was moving in you. Eventually he would move in Cindy. And in that moment, and, uh, and for all of our listeners who are scared to death to engage in these conversations, I think the Holy Spirit saved me. And what I said is, you two need to live as sisters. Right. I've yep. never met Cindy. And you need to raise your children as a family. And and I just remember you looking at me, and we kind of just went on to the next question. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And this is live right. in front of an audience of thousands and thousands of people. And I remember I had all my pastor friends uh, text me. And they're like, that was so good. I'm like, okay, so I'm not a heretic. <laughs> <laughs> you know. So what, what led you to think about changing the way that you express your sexuality? Because that was a big shift for you. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so the... Uh, the time I was spending with this other person um, was off and on um, because I was back and forth with living that lifestyle and then being with mm-hmm. um, or trying to be a parent yeah. uh, 100% of the time. Uh, so I was I was struggling right. because I started attending church regularly. So I'm listening to the words and, and I've started feeling the conviction in my heart. Okay. Let's stop there. Okay. What was that first time like? Where, cause, cause now it's not just a talk. Yeah. Something. And, and I want everyone to listen to this. Like, oh, you know, cause people will say good talk. Mm-hmm. There's a moment where it shifts. And so you, were you in church last week when I talked about how to hear God's voice? Yes. So some unbeknownst to you, God is speaking to your heart and, 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 and what's happening? Well, honestly, what happened was I, I was listening to not only you, but I was listening to other sermons yeah. and and just really reading and praying. Mm-hmm. And then um, I was actually at this person's place one day and I heard a voice say, you you should not be here. Mm. You need to go. Yeah. Leave right now. I literally ran out the door. Wow. And that was the moment when I said, I don't want to do that anymore. Mm. So, um, but you heard a voice. I heard a voice. Yeah. And it said, you do not need to be here anymore. This is not what I want for you. Mm. And so that's when I left and I, I told Anissa about it. And she was just like, that's the Holy Spirit. Amen. So um, we we started working on our friendship. I started seeing her as a sister. Mm-hmm. It wasn't weird anymore mm-hmm. and so that took a long time yeah yeah that no, was i mean it was yeah. an overnight but it yeah. was a while yeah. and and yeah. we knew that's where we found our joy mm-hmm. that's where we found our peace mm-hmm. i mean we, we're still parents and we're still different people that have different ideas on how to raise children yeah, yeah. so yeah. we still have those so yeah. it's now it, more difficult it to, was really difficult to go from someone who you're uh, romantically intimate with yeah and then to try to see them as anything different. Right, sure. That was so difficult because not only um, do I have to separate that, okay, fine, we're not having sex anymore. But now I can't I can't be jealous when she's talking to other people too because, you know, yeah. she belonged to me before. You yeah, know? So yeah. That, that was, I needed a, a new mindset. Mm-hmm. So the fact that you specifically said you can live together, but you need to see each other as sisters. Right. I needed to hear that because right. we were living together already mm-hmm. Um you know, just as friends, but to hear those words, you, you have to use that language, talk to the kids about it. Mm-hmm. You need to start to just to see her that way was such, um, just a different perspective. That, right. And it sounds strange, you know, uh, that it's so simple, right. but I didn't know that. I didn't have that. 
that perspective. So I needed that. Right. And if somebody's lost, uh, it's because of the kids, the children. I would not have asked you to try to live together because that is so difficult. I asked you to do that for your children Mm -hmm. because I did not want your kids to ever feel like God destroyed their family. Mm -hmm. And I, 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 I just... It is hard enough to be a kid. I think I think that, and this is no judgment on you guys, I think it's challenging to have two moms. Oh, yeah. I did not want, um, I did not want to add to just the challenge of, of and one of your oldest is adopted. Like, mm-hmm. right, so like, we're just, we're just piling on here. And I'm like, Lord, we, you do not, you hate divorce. Mm-hmm. You do not want to rip this family apart. And so, um, and so. So I just want the audience to understand I wasn't trying to be cruel or mean to you. Mm -hmm. I was I was I I care about you, too. And then I care about your three beautiful children. Mm -hmm. And I had to advocate for them, too. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I advise this incredibly difficult walk, Mm -hmm. because I think that it it is difficult when you're so drawn to someone and and, and you have been sexual before. It's very, very difficult um, to stop that. You know, I think Sandals Church gets right is having um, community groups. Mm. Um, some, there's always somebody willing and able to talk to, to Mm -hmm. help through this. I love that we have these conversations because growing up, no one ever had that conversation with me. Um, I love that you tell us that we need to have these conversations with our children. Yeah. I wasn't having those conversations. I didn't know that that was what was missing. Mm. So that, that was something, um, that I learned that was important, you know, and, and with, with any relationship with mother, son, you know, um, sisters, you know, friends, communication is so important. And I learned that here in in Sandals church, we need to talk about everything. All right, Cindy, where has Sandals church, where, where do we need to do things better? And I, I, I remember one specific thing you've told me if you don't remember, I don't remember just kind of some of the looks you get, um, when you guys are together with your family and that, and it grieves my spirit. Well, I don't want you to grieve too much because I was talking to Anissa about that. And at the time when I felt that, mm. it was really, I was in my guilt. I okay. was just sitting in it. Okay. So it wasn't what some somebody said or did. It was just really me mm-hmm. just not feeling good about myself and, and, and being here, you know, because I was still trying to live in the life and then still try to come here and, right. and, and be the mom that I'm supposed to be. So I really, I know we've, we went up for prayer one time and this gentleman, poor guy, I don't see him anymore, but he, he didn't, he was, he was just thrown so off guard. Nervous. Yeah. He, he, we asked for prayer, you know, we we're, you know, we we're trying to live together and I don't remember what the prayer request was, but he was so nervous and yeah. he didn't know what to say, but Anissa's on the prayer team now, and I'm sure they're a lot better now yeah. at addressing those things and how yeah. to pray for people. But well, and that's really... the beauty of what you guys have done is you've helped make us a better church. Mm. So, you know, mm. and I still don't think we're where we need to be, but yeah, we're getting there. Love does not equal sex, right? And that's what I had to to get in my mm. mind is that love mm. does not equal sex. Yeah, that's actually I'm glad that you said that. So we're we're sitting down with a bunch of ministers and we're kind of writing out the vision statement for this future ministry uh, for people who are LGBTQ. And I said I said point number one, love is love and sex is sex, mm-hmm. because what the what the gay community has done so well is they've married those things. And I'm like, look, man. You know, I love my wife. We are not always having sex, but I am all I am called to always love her. And those are separate things. And and we have to separate that because 
otherwise we're, we're going to lose um, these people that are seeking God. Did you guys get to hear this last week's sermon where you hear for who does the message on who, how to hear God? Mm-hmm. So there's just so much about God that is so consistent that sometimes we miss, um, you know, God's anger towards the Israelites mm-hmm. and, and just, and some of us are like, I don't get it. I don't get why God is so uh, angry, but you mentioned it when you said you had to release Cindy because you had a jealousy for her mm-hmm. when she was yours. Mm-hmm. God has a jealousy right. for that which is his. Mm-hmm. And and he is the lover that pursues. And he goes all the way in. And so this is what so many Christians miss about what happens with Hulda, what happens with Josiah. So Josiah is this young kid. He's eight years old. You know, he has... You know, it's kind of like I think our president now, you know, I don't think he's running things. I think it's the people around him. I think the same thing was happening with Josiah. He's just a young kid. People are making the decision. Josiah didn't say, hey, let's put a penis in the temple. That's not what he did. But he did say, hey, let's take an offering to to repair the temple. And this is what so so many people miss. Where do they put the Asherah pole? Inside the holiest of holies. Guess, Guess where God's temple is today. It's you and it's me. Mm-hmm. And, and what's happening there, right, it's this sexual perversion of bringing something that should not be into something that is. And it's and, and, and so now we're the temple. And so what you guys allow into your body sexually either is blessed by God or offends God. The same thing with me. Um, what I do with my body either, you know, bless God or offends God. And so what Josiah recognized was the sacredness of the temple. And he made all these reforms. What I want our listeners to understand is, listen, whether you're gay or straight, if you are a Christian, your body is sacred. Yes. It is the holiest of holies. And God cares deeply about what you do with that mm-hmm. and what you bring in. And if there's anybody out there who's gay the, the, and, and you're seeking God, Sandals Church is the place for you. Mm-hmm. And, and we will always be the place for you. We are open to you. We do not affirm uh, the gay lifestyle, and what I mean by that is sex. I hate saying the, the lifestyle, mm-hmm. but s- sexual intercourse um, is is where we say, hey, and that's the same rules we have for uh, those of us who are straight. We want to honor God with our bodies. And mm-hmm. so I realize that's difficult. It sounds bizarre, but God pursues us just like he pursued Cindy, just like he spoke to you. And, and I love that because I what you said was almost verbatim what God spoke to me in the early 90s man mm-hmm. it was like get out like mm-hmm. you, this is not for you mm-hmm. and um and I, and I've I've been able to live that for almost 30 years man that, no. that you know that I've been able to trust God uh, in this way yeah and, and so much of Tammy and I when we're dis- disagreeing and arguing is working through how I've said something mm-hmm. uh we just had a fight last week where I meant to compliment her <laughs> And it didn't come out. Did, right. Oh, she did not receive it that way. <laughs> and so then I was offended because I was trying to compliment. And then I had to back up and say, okay, I, he, I hear how she's, how she took mm-hmm. what I was saying. Mm-hmm. And I had to, I had to back that bus up, mm-hmm. you know, uh, turn on the button, beep, 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 <laughs> and back it up and say, okay, what I meant to do was, was compliment you. And that's just, um, a challenge of speaking. And, and so, so for anyone, you were asking me earlier, you know, why don't better people run? for political office because we need better leaders. leaders. Donald was asking me that before the show started. I said, can you imagine if I ran all the stupid things I've ever said that are, that are recorded? Yeah. <laughs> like, like you guys, all your, your life is not recorded unless you're a fool who expresses their thoughts <laughs> on social media. 
Um, and let me just say this to everyone. I don't want to pick on this woman. The hardest people for me to communicate the gospel to are my family. Mm. Mm-hmm. I have family members who think they are Christians that I disagree with. I have family members who are absolutely opposed to Christ. Yeah. Those people are the hardest for me to mm-hmm. communicate with. And I don't know what it is about family. I mean, Jesus's own family didn't right. get him. Right. Mary, remember, so the Holy Spirit, right? The Holy Spirit put Jesus in her womb. Yeah. Think about that. Yeah. Angels spoke to her about who he was. And even she got confused. And with his brothers tried to come and get him because they thought he'd lost his mind. Mm -hmm. And so our own families, and that's why Jesus says a prophet has no honor in his own hometown. Mm -hmm. We need to remember that. So when it comes to our family members, sometimes what we can do is just express love and pray that someone else is going to speak to them. And so, um, so this young man is clearly off. You cannot, uh, I, I believe as a believer, you cannot mutilate your body. You cannot take um, drugs to alter the gender that you are. Now, let me say there's a, there's an asterisk because there are a certain small percentage. I think it's 0.0005% where children are born and there is some gender confusion. Mm-hmm. That's a real thing. Right. And we need to remember that. And we need to, we need to have an extraordinarily amount of grace for parents for children and who for doctors who are trying to figure out, okay, what do we do here? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's part of living in a, in a fallen world. You know, our biology can be affected in an extraordinary small percentage. That's not to say that this um, social pressure that's pressuring mm-hmm. our children to question their gender. And, and in my experience, the vast majority of the young people who are struggling with gender dysphoria have other issues. Oh, absolutely. These girls are cutting themselves, shaming themselves, hurting themselves. And so transgender in our culture is this magic bullet mm-hmm. that, oh, if I just tr- change my gender, all of these other issues are going to go away. And they don't. Mm-hmm. They're often magnified. Like I just went to uh, the doctors. I'm 52 years old. At 50, men's testosterone start dropping. Um, that's why we start crying as our old, our old <laughs> age, uh, getting more sensitive. Um but I, I wanted to see, hey, is testosterone therapy something that I should do? My doctor was like, oh, my gosh, there are so many dangers to testosterone therapy. Wow. Now, just get this. If I was a 52-year-old woman who wanted to transition to be a man, right. Kaiser Permanente would pump me full Absolutely. of all the testosterone <laughs> that I want. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's to the, tra- to the transgender community. That's what breaks my heart. You're not getting medical advice. Right. So if, it's, so if testosterone replacement, if Kaiser's concerned about it's long-term effects for me as a man, why aren't they concerned for you, Donna? Absolutely. And what it would do to you as a woman. I mean, there's so many people coming out now saying this ruined my life. I mean, it's heartbreaking to watch these videos of, and and you're right. There's, I mean, there's a student that comes to one of our clubs after school and he's transgender and he had, I mean, as far as I know, he hasn't had any of the surgeries, but he dresses up like a girl. He wears lipstick. You know, he comes and he's there every single day. And he's very close to my husband. Yeah. Very, very, Mm -hmm. very close. He's an African-American student. And he just said, you are the first African-American man I have ever seen who is kind to me. I mean, in his experience, who has been kind to me, who's respectful, who is who who just loves me unconditionally, you know, and my husband could spend the whole time telling him how he shouldn't wear lipstick. And, yeah, he, yeah. and maybe there will, God will give an opportunity for him to be able mm-hmm. to speak into his life in that way. But there's so many other things that are going on in the hearts of these young yeah. people where they d- cannot identify with, for this particular man, he could, he has never been able to identify with another African-American man. Yeah. There hasn't been one in his life. 
um, that was kind. He told my husband, you're honest. That's what he, that's what he tells him all the time. Mm. I could just, I just know you're an honest man. Yeah. And so I think in these situations, especially, I don't even think that this, it's a family friend's kid. Mm -hmm. Like if there's no relationship there to even speak into this, you know, how just, just that bite. Yeah, and, and there's no all. verse. There's no verse in scripture where God's called you to be the referee. Yeah, and so so many Christians feel like that's their job, just to cry foul, and mm, and for everybody. Let good. me just say, I don't care what team you root for. Nobody likes the ref. <laughs> yeah, so that's right. so stop being the referee mm. and understand that you know our job is to lovingly speak the truth with and love. grace right. and love. And so I'm not asking you to compromise. Right. But I but so. The Greek word in Colossians uh, chapter four, verses five and six can be translated answer or respond. Mm -hmm. And so when you look at that in multiple translations, sometimes it says so that you may know how to answer, but really what it means is to respond. And so the assumption that Paul's making there is you've been asked. Yeah, that's good. And so, I mean, how many of us love unsolicited advice? (laughs) That's right. Very, very few people. And so... um, you know, and so I, I have some gay friends and uh, they're married and one guy is seeking God. He's mm. attending church. God's really working in his yeah. life. And his partner mad dogs me, glares at me, is so rude and so mean. And I cannot tell you how many times at a wedding or in, in some kind of social gathering, I get daggers mm-hmm. from the gay community. Mm-hmm. Right. The, 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 the culture of love. Mm-hmm. I mean, just daggers. And so what I do is I don't respond that way. Mm-hmm. I just respond with love and grace and uh, and kindness. And I smile and I shake hands. And because in the end, what's more important than me being offended and they're being rude. Yeah, absolutely. What's more important is their soul. That's right. And I'm glad that that God cared more about me than my daggers that I was sending at him. Yeah. That he sent his son to die for me on the cross. And it's not always easy. Um, you know, whenever Tammy and I get invited to a party, we literally have to talk about who's going to be there because people are awful to us. I believe it. Absolutely awful to us. And, um, you know, I mean, I was talking with a pastor friend of mine. Um, I just said being the pastor in my role has been the hardest of my wife and kids because hmm. people are cruel. Mm-hmm. People are absolutely cruel. Sometimes in the name of Jesus, mm-hmm. cruel. Of course. Yeah. And, um, and it's been so hard for them. But we have to talk about that because we have to prepare ourselves for people who are just rude. Mm-hmm. Um, I've spoken at a funeral. I spoke at a suicide funeral. And there was a guy in the front row while I preached over a suicide. And he glared at me because he because his wife had worked for us and we let her go. Mm. At a funeral. And he just daggers three feet away from me the wow. whole time. Mm. And he at the funeral, he said, I don't know if you could see me looking at you. I said, yeah, <laughs> I saw it the whole time. Yeah. And I said, mm. I, I think it was inappropriate. Wow. But but I love you and mm-hmm. I'm praying for you. And he didn't care. So it, it just it's just crazy how people will behave. Yeah. Yeah. Grace so, Christians. Yeah. Come on, Christians. Yeah. Grace, and, grace. And let me say, what did Jesus say? Those who've been forgiven much love much. That's and I right. think again, some of us have forgotten what Jesus did yeah, for us. And good. that's why we can't extend it to others. Yeah. And you know, just in my commentary, the video that we posted about like, Arrowhead, look, both sides are offended. Yeah. Like I'm a, a wee bit woke and I'm a conservative <laughs> wacko and, and, and they're, they're listening to the same video. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. And so Amanda, what I would yeah. say is here's what I do when I'm gossiped or slandered about Jesus says to love your enemies. Why do we do that? 
Because sometimes these people that have gossiped and slandered about me, some of what they're saying is true. Mm. And so as a leader, I need to own it. Sometimes we need to love our enemies, not just because Christ has commanded us to, but because they're the only person that's willing to say the truth. Mm. And so, okay, have I been arrogant? Have I been prideful? Was I too political? Was I dodging an issue? And all of those are true because I'm a sinner Mm -hmm. saved by grace. And so I have to own that and I have to listen to those things. And then I have to say, okay, God, how can I learn? How can I do better? And at the end of the day, I don't model my behavior after people who aren't changing, who won't listen, who don't grow. I'm modeling my life after Christ and I have to listen to him. And Amanda, that's so hard. But what did he say? Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. That's right. And the devil is always in the midst of gossip. So don't join the devil in that gossip, mm-hmm. but try to rise above. It's hard. And I get it, Amanda. It's so it's hard. hard. And my heart goes out to you. So what I would do is I would just say, look, Sandals has 14 campuses. Find another campus. Uh, build another friend network. And I'm so sorry. And I would pray for those people. Absolutely. Pray for them because gossip is evil. And 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 don't let... Don't let how the enemies spoiled their heart. Don't let the enemy spoil your mm-hmm. heart. You know, Sandals had a great run from 2015 to 2019. Just incredible run. 2020 to 2023, brutal. Brutal. Hardest three years of my life. Mm-hmm. Lost lifelong friends. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, I, mean, I mean, just think about the 2020s. We had the pandemic. <laughs> uh, we had the, the elections. We had George <laughs> Floyd. Um Aliens, like aliens are like, like people don't even consider. Yeah, like, people didn't even bat an eye at the yeah. aliens because, you know. Yeah. So uh, it's just been it's just been insane. Um, it This has been the hardest years. Uh, twenty tw- The 2020s have become the politicization of everything. Absolutely. Everything is political. And it's it's been a nightmare. Yeah. And um, so. We just we. Yeah. There's a value in both. Yeah, yeah. So, so we need to know. We need to know both. I can do all things. So, Colin, I, I think that we need to know scripture. Yeah. But, but you got to be careful with that because there are some scriptures in the Old Testament where I've heard people say, "Well, that's just to the Hebrews." Hmm. Well, Paul says that we're a part of Israel. We've been grafted in, and so um, God can speak to that. And so, like one of the passages that speaks specifically to me is Jeremiah chapter one, where before before I was formed in the womb, you yeah, knew right. me. Mm-hmm. Well, you could say contextually. That was about Jeremiah. That's just about Jeremiah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, okay. But I think that is true of all of us. Mm -hmm. Before all of us were in the womb, God knew us and has called us to be a voice for him. Yeah. So, um, and so you, so how do you get there, Colin? You read Jeremiah chapter one, and then I go to, remember the essentials? Does anybody remember the essentials? Yeah. Love God, love love people, live on mission. Mm -hmm. So go ye therefore and baptize, teaching them everything that I've commanded you. So. Mm The Great Commission says everyone is Jeremiah. Yeah. We're all Jeremiah. Mm-hmm. We've all been known before we were formed in the womb, and we've all been called to preach and to proclaim mm-hmm. the gospel. And uh, uh, and unlike Jeremiah, he got to proclaim bad news. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> we get to proclaim good news. Right. Like Jeremiah was like the horrible gospel. Mm-hmm. You're all going to die. I just underlined <laughs> this passage the other day. I was reading through Jeremiah. Jeremiah prophesies this. The Lord will take your women and give them to other men. Mm-hmm. I am so grateful I've never had to preach. Can you imagine if I told Devo, the Lord is going to take Donna 
and give her to another man because of your sin. Jeremiah. Je- <laughs> Jeremiah has the worst sermons ever to preach. That's right. And, um, you know, and, and then people react, Colin. Well, wait a minute. I can't believe that a good God would do that. All throughout Jeremiah's message, it says it doesn't have to be this way. Yeah. If you would just turn. And then 29. Like, yeah. I know the plans I, I have know, for you. I, I know yeah. The plans the end, yeah. And so, so let's speak about that verse in right. context. I know the plans I have for you, plans for good, plans for prosper you, plans to give you a future and a hope. Jeremiah is prophesying those words as Jerusalem burns, mm-hmm. as all the men are dead, as all the women are being literally pretty girls. You're now somebody else's uh, husband. Young men, you're now a slave. Right. Um, unless you're too strong, then you're killed. Right. And then uh, old ladies, you're left. Mm. So the old ladies, are, the old people are left with no children. Think about that. And the city is burning. And in that verse, Jeremiah turns. I know. He could have said, I told you. That's the what right, Matt, Brown, right. Matt Brown would have said, I told you, idiots. <laughs> this didn't have to but what he yet. says is the Lord says, I know the plans I have for you, yeah. plans to prosper. And so then out of that, what happens? Daniel, yeah. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, um, Nehemiah. Mm-hmm. Ezra. Hmm. Well, Talib got called out because she had a Palestinian flag right next to her rainbow flag. And they were yeah. like, does she not understand no. that those people would be yes. decimated? Everyone wearing her- a rainbow flag would, would die instantly. <laughs> right. And it's it's I think it's an intentional ignorance. Yeah. Or, or maybe it's not. I, I don't know. But what needs to what we need to understand is, um, you know, what happened is it's gross. It's, yeah, it's, call out the evil for what yes. it is. It's evil. Yeah, and right. so, like, I, I was sharing with uh, a friend of mine yesterday. I have a man in our church who went through an ugly divorce. Mm-hmm. He felt mistreated by his wife. He felt lied to. Mm-hmm. He uh, lost his home. He lost his standing. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was so angry that he had been so mistreated by his government, by his family, and by his friends he beat his ex-wife to the point of death. And here's what I told him. You had a point until. And and that's what I would say. The Palestinians have a point until. There's no excuse for what he did. There's no excuse for grabbing women out of their cars, grabbing the elderly, decapitating children, murdering these people. I understand there are legitimate grievances. There are legitimate concerns. There is a better way yeah. than what you did. And, 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 and this is the danger of victimhood. When I become a victim, I excuse my evil mm-hmm. to overcome. Somebody and I'm pointing at you, yeah, no, but, but you're evil. Right. And this is why scripture is so important for us Christians. Romans says never repay evil with evil. Ne- it doesn't say occasionally, it doesn't say sometimes, never, because, you know, wh- this is what happens. Mm-hmm. This is the cycle that we get into. And so let's just pray right now. Yeah, um, Heavenly Father, we just pray for Israel right now. We pray for all of those involved. And God, I know some of the criticism has come on my Instagram and from the show. What about the Palestinians? God, we pray for them too. Yes, Lord. There are going to be so many casualties, uh, even of Palestinians who love Israel, who care for Israel, who want peace in Israel. And Lord, that's the problem. When Israel, when evil strikes, Lord, good people in Israel and Palestine will die. 
and good people in Gaza will die. And they are only in Gaza because they have no other choice and they can go nowhere else. So God, we pray for peace. We pray for nations and leaders to stand up for what is true and right. And God, just deliver us from this political yes. insanity of, of my team. Who cares about what team you're on? Lord, stand on the side of truth. Help us to stand on the side of truth. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Leading your family, leading those closest to you are the most difficult people to lead. That's why you need community. Yep. Uh, when I'm struggling with my kids, oftentimes I've said, talk to Eric. <laughs> and I've sent them your ways. There's been times with your boys yep. where you've encouraged me to talk with them. And there's just something... Um, about community. Jesus said a prophet has no honor in his own hometown. Yeah. His own mother and brothers thought he went crazy. So what you're facing, um, Richard, is the reality that it's hard for people to follow you when they see all of you. So why is it maybe easier for your family, Richard, to follow me? Because they don't see how I am all day long. They don't see when I'm grumpy, when I have bad breath. They don't see when I've left my dishes out. They, they don't see real life, right? They're seeing uh, and it's not that I'm not real when I'm preaching, but that's a segment of my life. That's not yeah. all that life is. And whenever we spend a, a lot of time with people, it's difficult. You and I joke about day four. Uh, and so that's <laughs> how you know when you can really be friends with somebody. When it comes to day four on vacation, that's when you know, can we be friends or not? Because day four, that's when people can't fake it anymore. <laughs> this is the real person. And then you're like, okay, we're never going on this trip again. And so so let me let me chop your thing in half, Richard, and then we'll hear from Eric. You said, you were super convicted because you said you know that you are verbally abusive. You said, I don't know how to control this anger, so I'm, I'm with you on that. But then you said, I feel like I'm explicit and specific in how I communicate with them, and I'm still made to be the villain when no one listens. You are the villain when you're abusive. Yeah. So you're not being the villain because you're trying to lead. You're the villain because of how you're leading. And so you have to separate those two issues. So Tammy is not mad at me when I'm trying to lead. She reacts to how I'm trying to lead. And so what the leader has to do has to die first, listen first, apologize first. You know, that's what it means to be a leader. And, and you, you know, you and I, we have to do this all the time as, as church leaders. Like if, even if we're only 5% responsible, <laughs> I'm so sorry. Yeah. When, when, the, when the person we're challenging is 95% the problem, yeah. but you have to give an example of what it means to be a leader, and you've got to be humble. So what I would just say, Richard, and then we'll get Eric's take on this. Um, I would just say, guys, I want to lead, um, and, and I want to do better. So let me start by saying, I'm sorry for my anger. Please forgive me. Um, and then just say, after you've apologized, one of the reasons I feel so angry, so don't make an excuse. I'm sorry for the anger. One of the reasons I feel so angry is I feel unheard. And when I'm unheard, I, I go back to this person I don't want to be. So how can we as a family help me to be less angry? And how can you guys help me by helping me to feel like I'm heard? Um, because I want to feel heard. And, and, and so many times, I mean, that's what I've seen throughout this whole political process the last couple of years, people getting angry, screaming at school boards, people marching in defiance. They feel unheard. And, and when we feel unheard, we do not operate at our best, even as Christians. And so... What I would just say is, guys, I want to be better, um, but I, I need to feel heard. How can we work together? I'm going to do my part. I'm not going to get angry. But what can you guys do? Is there a time and place when I can share how I'm feeling? Because what I would say, Richard, the time and place is not when you come home from work. It's not when you're frustrated. It's not when you're tired. That's not the time for a family meeting. 
it, it's when you're rested. So, you, you know, you, you have four, four very strong boys. Yeah. yeah. And your boys are strong, independent, <laughs> opinionated leaders. And so, and, and let me say this. And so, Richard, uh, Eric's one of the strongest men I know. I mean, I'm not just saying that because he's sitting here. It's why you're my friend. It's why I listen to you. It's why I submit to your counsel. But your boys aren't like, Father, thank you for that wisdom. You know? <laughs> they are not. Yeah. So yeah. what would you yeah. say to this? Yeah. No, it's a tough question because I think I think this is how you feel as a father a lot, a lot more than you feel successful. Um, because it's such a tough job. Parenting is, man, it's not a it's not a game and the stakes are real. Yeah. So unlike other places in life, you know, if it doesn't go your way, it's okay. You can let that roll off your back and keep moving. But when it comes to your kids and it comes to your family, your peace, your domain, you you have hopes, dreams, desires, expectations, and you're aiming at a particular outcome. And when you don't get it, that's particularly sensitizing to um, your sense of accomplishment yeah. and, and purpose. And so what I would say is when I failed as a father, it's because I'm actually not following Jesus very well. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not listening well. I, I'm not worried about the person that I'm communicating. I'm worried about my goal and my objective instead of where they are and what's going on in their mm-hmm. lives. And so what I would say is if you're going to lead well, you have to learn how to follow Jesus well first. And so that's probably a place for you to dig in right there because how much time are you spending in the word? How are you hearing from the Lord? And then are you doing that in community? So your your, your community has an idea, uh, the opportunity to shape your thoughts, shape your decisions. And then the tough part really is you still got to live it out in real time. So you're still going to face people that don't listen and and ignore good advice. Well, a good leader lets that happen. You can't control people. God doesn't control us. That's why there's so much chaos and trouble in the world. He tells us how to live and how we should live, and he helps us do that. But man, he makes us let, makes us make real decisions and 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 suffer the consequences of our decisions. And sometimes as the leader of the house, you got to do that. So, so really early on, we, we had counseling and it was a conscious decision to move to soul care and not counseling. And, and, and the reason for that was we were a small church and we were a poor church and we, we couldn't afford counseling. Most of the people at Sandals when we started off could not afford to pay for counseling. And one of the things I realized, and I wish that all ministers would just wear a badge on their chest that said, I am not a counselor. I am not a therapist. I can't stand it when pastors try to act like clinically trained therapists. Mm -hmm. You can get in a lot of trouble because you cannot identify. You know, I think about you and I when we were were young and we had Rob in our small group. And I can talk about Rob because he's dead. Um, But Rob had, what disease did he have? Uh, Paranoid schizophrenia. schizophrenia. And we would be in small group with this guy. And I mean, I'm like, what the heck's wrong with Rob? Like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, you, you know me. I just, I just blurt things out. I'm like, Rob, something's wrong with you. Yes, and, you do. Yeah, I do. I blurt it out. <laughs> and uh, Rob uh, wanted to go to seminary, and he remember he gave me his his uh, paper to yeah, go to seminary, and I I said, you don't want me to sign that? And he's like, no, I have to have my pastor sign this. And I wrote, remember in red ink, yeah. I wrote in giant letters, "Do not admit." I was like, how could I know. You how could you do that? That was me. Um, and they admitted him. You know, I'm not going to yeah. say who, but sounds a lot like Biola. Um, yeah. So, and I love Biola. I'm, I'm a, I'm a, uh, I'm a, uh, I'm a, what do you call it? I'm a grad student from Biola. So, uh, love Biola, but they, they, they overrode that. And so anyways, I missed it. Biola missed it. And that's he, assuming Rob turned it in though, right? So, he did. No, he did. Oh, you forgot that the missions counselor called me and said, oh, that's right. he said, that's I've right. never seen that's a reference right. like this in my life. So 
But Rob ended up homeless, you remember, on the streets. Yes, and and because sad. he was paranoid schizophrenic, he lost his marriage. And, and we, because we were not clinically trained, we knew that Rob had problems. Mm-hmm. But we did not understand and did not know how to identify, this is paranoid schizophrenia. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you, I don't care who you are as a small group leader, that's a problem. <laughs> he was a challenge in our small group. And his poor wife didn't understand yeah. because her husband was changing. Mm-hmm. He was not the same as when they got married and his, as his disease developed, he got odder and odder and odder. And, um, you know, my, my favorite part is when I was at In-N-Out Burger and I saw him in a car with another woman. Remember that I pulled him out of the car. Yeah. I almost started a fight in In-N-Out Burger. I'm like, what are you doing in this car with this other woman? He's like, yeah, cause he, it wasn't his fault. He was, yeah, he's, he, was, he had lost it. Yeah. But, um, but we were not clinically trained. And so what I would say what we do, so here's what soul care is. Soul care is helping a Christian. It's one Christian who's trained, helping another Christian hear from God. Mm-hmm. What is God saying? A counselor is a uh, legally trained person who's trained in psychosis, who's trained in missile di- uh, mental disorders, who can help you you know, overcome trauma. So I believe that, th- that there's a place for the spirit. The spirit mm-hmm. does a work. But oftentimes, and what was her name? Emma. Emma. So I have a book coming out March 5th of 2024. And I think it's, I can't remember. I think it's chapter 10. And the chapter is the complexity of healing. Mm-hmm. And, and, and what I think people need to understand and why I think so many people do not experience healing is we are a complex, per, uh, uh, an, in, an individual is complex. So I am spiritual. I'm emotional and I'm biological. So if I go to the doctor, they're going to look at the biological. If I go to a therapist, they're going to look at the emotional, psychological. If I go to church, right, it's all spiritual. Well, I think for healing, we need all three. So the place of soul care at our church is to invoke the spirit. What is the spirit of God saying? Sometimes God is saying you need counseling. Mm-hmm. And we are not counselors. And mm-hmm. I lose my mind when we try to act like that because we're not trained. We don't know. Um, and I think pastors get exhausted counseling because people would love to come for free and take three hours of your life and not listen. I think it's important to pay for your counseling so that you realize you have um, There's an investment. some investment. And so, so, so I divide that. Um, I think that sometimes people in counseling need soul care because we need to ask, where is the spirit of God in this? Mm-hmm. What is God mm-hmm. saying? What is God moving you to do? And so all soul care is, it's just like what it sounds it's, it's speaking to the soul. It's speaking to the spiritual truth of the person, to the spiritual reality of a person. But I think that what you guys do at your church with clinical psychology is essential mm-hmm. because so many of the issues that we're facing as a church now are so complex. And um, it's Emma, right? Yeah. Emma, uh, one of the things I talk about in the book, when Jesus meets the, uh, the naked man at the tomb, mm-hmm. um, he says, what is your name? I say in the book, and I make the argument that Jesus is clinically diagnosing the man. He's mm-hmm. saying, what is it that is that you're dealing with? And that's why a clinician is so important. You and I knew something was wrong with Rob. Mm-hmm. Everyone in our group knew. We needed a clinician to diagnose the issue so that we could begin praying with it. And, and, and I just believe if Rob could have got treatment earlier on, there may have been a different outcome. And he's, he's passed away now. <laughs> I love that movie, and you know, you and I have got to talk about how you weaved God in and out of that story, and that's a delicate process, because you know, you and I, we have our faith that we proclaim and share in the church, but you have to be so delicate. You know, I think of whenever I think of what you do, I think of what Jesus said to his believers: "When you must be as wise as a serpent and as innocent mm. as a dove," yeah. and 
I, I, most believers don't think about this, but a snake is most vulnerable when it strikes. So it better it better get that right. Otherwise, it's in real trouble. And so how have you had to kind of thread that needle of, okay, I want to make a positive uh, movie that also causes spiritual reflection. And I saw you weave that so perfectly uh, through Blue Miracle, man. There were just so many moments where, where God spoke to me powerfully through that film. So how do you do that? You know, I pray for divine wisdom on every, <laughs> on every story, truly. And, you know, I'm typically uh, on those kind of movies, probably the, you know, the only believer that's sort yeah. of pushing that through. And I learned from my mentor, Howard Kazanjian, who produced Return of the Jedi, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Okay. And I had interviewed him, 300 industry professionals and we, no cameras, no yeah. audio and all that stuff. And I said, how much of the the God impact did you have on, you know, on Raiders of the Lost Ark? He said, all of it. Wow. So, uh, and I'm just thinking to myself, as a producer, I have that ability to influence every story. Mm -hmm. Not all of them work perfectly. Yeah. yeah I, I've missed many times, but, you know, when, when you get it right and like a blue miracle, it works and it has a kingdom impact. Mm. You know, we think about it. Netflix has 200 million subscribers. Yes. 600 million people watching, you know, you have a huge opportunity to, to impact the world. You know, Jesus talks about um, any man who looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery in his heart. And that's really, really difficult passage to understand because the word there is not lust, it's strong desire. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the passage of scripture when Jesus said, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, yeah. um, I have a strong desire. It's the same word. Wow. It's not translated lust. It's I have a strong, strength, I have a strong desire for you. Yeah. So it's the same word. And so if if you you know if you said, well, did Jesus ever lust? It's like, well, <laughs> the, the scripture uses the same word. So what it means is, so if we interpret the word that he's using there, he says, I have a strong desire to come to you. So he's mm -hmm. saying, I I want to come to you to save you. Mm -hmm. Lust is just a bad word because lust means arousal in our mm -hmm. culture, and that's wrong. That's mm -hmm. not what it means. Anyone who is aroused mm -hmm. has already committed adultery. Mm -hmm. That's that's incorrect. What it means is anyone who looks um, specifically at a woman that's not theirs and has a strong desire and is per, is moving towards pursuing her in, yeah. in her heart. So what would that mean? Um, there's a woman at our church, and I set up a meeting mm -hmm. to connect with her with the hope and purpose of that it leads to adultery. Right. That's what it means. Right. It doesn't mean that, I look at her and I go, oh, she's a beautiful woman, mm -hmm. or even that I find her attractive. Mm -hmm. You know, that doesn't, because I find a woman that's not my wife attractive doesn't mean I'm a sinner. It means I'm a human being mm -hmm. and I'm alive. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? yeah. And so that's just so important that we, we don't confuse that. And, and, and it's just such a difficult word to translate into English because lust technically means like lust doesn't just mean sex. Lust means yeah, for power. Food. Yeah, <laughs> it's a strong it's, it's strong it's desire. a strong desire for that which you know you shouldn't mm -hmm. do. Yeah, that's and good. so so that's what it means. Uh, but Jesus uses it in the positive because mm -hmm. His desire for Jerusalem is positive. Yeah. So it can be used in a, in a positive sense. And so, what I would just say is, we just don't have the verses. We need to pray for this through this. The Holy Spirit speaks to you, Animos. And I would just cry out to God and say, okay, God, is is this separating me from you? For me, it was. 
Right. And I realized, okay, this is a problem. This is not something that um, I want to do. Um, but I don't, I don't want to just beat people up that are just like, oh my gosh, I'm struggling. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if it's addiction for our listeners, that's a problem because Absolutely. it can become very addictive. <laughs> Christians don't go into debt because of tithing. They go into debt because of spending. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what I would say is what tithing teaches us to do is manage our money. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's, it's the best, it's the best teacher. And uh, Tammy and I are blessed because I think we've learned, okay, we got to live off 90%. So if I have to live off 90% and my neighbor gets to live off hundred percent, who has to be better with their money? Mm-hmm. I do. Mm-hmm. And so I'm very, very careful with where I give my money and what I do with my money. And the Lord has always blessed me. I talked to a young man after, I think it was the 10 o'clock service at Hunter Park last week. And he just said, you know, Matt, I, I've not, I've not been a tither. He said, I was really convicted by your message. I think it was during the essential series mm-hmm. where we talked about giving, and he said, I just decided to do that. Mm-hmm. He's been in litigation with the state of California for a couple of years about some back pay that they owe him. He said he put his first offering in and the check appeared the next day, $6,000. <laughs> wow. That awesome. Yeah. So, and you can say, okay, well, that's circumstance, but that's providence. Yeah. The absolutely. Lord provided for him. And he just said, I'm never going to not give again. Yeah. And I'm not saying it will always work that way, but I've experienced this. <laughs> If you want to know what makes Sandals Church special, this is it. If you mm-hmm. want to know what's the difference between Sandals Church and almost every other church that you will go to, I had this young woman come up to me and she had tears in her eyes and she said, can I hug you? Mm. And I was like, sure. We were in the lobby. She gave me a hug and she said, you've saved my life. I said, well, mm. I don't do that. Jesus does. <laughs> she says, no, 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 you're teaching. She said, I worship money. Wow. She's a single mom. I said, how do you worship money? She said, I'm a stripper. And she said, I don't like stripping. Mm. I don't like taking my clothes off. Mm -hmm. I don't like men touching me. She said, I love the money. Wow. And she said, that is my God. And she walked away and I just turned to security and soul care that was standing next to me. I said, this is what I love about our church. Mm -hmm. How many churches is a stripper going to walk right up to the pastor Mm -hmm. and confess their sin Mm -hmm. And say, and then she told me, I'm going to make a change this mm-hmm. week. And like you said, it's, it's a symbolic reminder of spiritual realities, right? Yeah. So it's a physical sign that helps us become more aware of spiritual reality. So that if we are anointing someone with oil, mm-hmm. it is for the purpose of healing. It's for acknowledging that God's spirit is here in us. And we're now calling on God in the name of Jesus mm-hmm. to do a supernatural act, yeah. to, to bring healing. So it is... It's more of an act of surrender than us trying to manipulate God, right? It's us just opening ourselves to God's power through a symbolic practice that we've seen done over the ages. And that's what I meant by one of the fundamental differences between Christianity and witchcraft or wizardry is witchcraft and wizardry is the manipulation of things through words, potions, spells, or oils. Yeah. And, and really, why is that? They're admitting they don't have any internal power within themselves. Right. As Christians, we have the power of God within us. And so I don't need that. Yeah. Um, and yeah. so, you know, if, you know, if, uh, if I had an encounter with a, 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 a demonic entity, I don't need the cross. Right. Because I have Jesus in me. Yeah. Greater is he who is within you than is in the world. He doesn't yeah. say greater is he that is in a symbol than is in the world. No, no, no. The power of God is, is within me. Right. And so when I'm confronting something that is evil, I have to trust the spirit of God within me. 
Thanks for listening to the Debrief Podcast with Matt Brown. If you enjoyed this episode, consider liking, subscribing, and sharing it with a friend. If you would like to submit a question to Pastor Matt, you can do so at move.sc ask. And if you would like to support the work we are doing, consider donating at donate.sc. Thank you again and have a blessed day.